0: Beer and Honey, the German football pot. Beer and Honey, the German football pot. Today, it's two cups and two men, as we look forward to the start of the new season with the German Super Cup and the DFB Pokal. We'll also be checking out what Bayern are doing in the transfer market, some big issues still to be resolved, a look at Leipzig, Bayern's opponents in the Super Cup, and one or two other bits, including a travelogue from Christoph Biermann's holidays. All of this and a bit more in this edition of Beer & Honey. Hello, dear listener. Thank you so much for joining us again. I'm Raphael Honigstein. I'm Christoph Biermann. And we welcome you to this very special preview of after two cup competitions that kick off the new season in Germany this weekend. Okay, Christoph, before we get going and start looking at uh, the beginning of this new season, which will start with a couple of cup competitions, uh, you've made a trip to Finland to scout a few teams. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about your experience. So, so I, w-
1: I was not actually there to to scout uh, teams, but to um, to visit a friend um, who is spending some time in in Finland. Um, because are you starting a new podcast with him? No, no, no. On Finnish uh, football, I think that would be um, um, a tiny market. <laughs> but but I've I've done some ground groundhopping. I've I've been to um HJK Helsinki um the FC Bayern of of Finland um playing um a team from uh, an island in the middle of the Baltic Sea IFK Mariehamn and I've also been to uh, see uh, FC Lahti and uh, all the friends of winter sports know that FC Lahti um has a stadium just beside the I don't know what uh, Rafael what is Schisprungchanze in Engl- uh, in English so that's the one where these uh, ski jumpers jump off what well, what's the what's the word for it I think it's a a, a very strange concept to a lot of our it's listeners a ramp yeah it's a ramp a ski so jump ramp a ski, a ski jump ramp and and you have the or a hill No, no, it's a, it's, it's a, a, these things are huge and they have actually three different sizes um, beside it. And in, in one of them is a swimming pool. I mean, I guess only in, in, in summer, but it looks as if you could uh, jump from this uh, into a swimming pool. Hmm. And if you fly, um, a bit further, you land um, on the pitch of FC Lachty. <laughs> and and but um, um, honestly, I I think the the, the quality of of uh, Finnish football is um, uh, something that we don't have to talk too much about. It's um, I was wondering if it was more uh, th- uh, similar to third or fourth division football in 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 Germany with some. Better players, or so. But it was actually um, a lot of fun. Um, and the um, HJK Helsinki, so the big guys, they have a very nice stadium just beside the fantastic Olympic Stadium. Um, and um, yeah, and uh, apart from football, I, I would say um, uh, I, it was my first time in Finland and I really, really liked it a lot of lakes a lot of trees a lot of forests um, and uh, very nice people so but but the football is not so great so so let's take uh, talk about great football because the season starts and uh, b- but in a in a in a not really way um, so uh, it starts with the german fa cup um, excluding uh, two of the big teams, uh, the FA Cup winner Leipzig and uh, German champion Bayern. They're playing each other in the equivalent of the community uh, shield, the German Super Cup. We talk about this later. Um, but there is the first round of the uh, German Cup and uh, two to I, I guess some some of our listeners don't might not know how you can qualify for that, so it's um it's a bit different than for example in, um, in England. Um, so all the teams start, uh, the top teams start in the first round. The uh, eighteen clubs from the Bundesliga, the eighteen. Clubs from the second division, the four best teams from the third level of German football, from Dritte Liga, and 24 clubs that come over the uh, federation. So, for example, there is um, the winner of the uh, cup that is um, hosted by the Berlin Football Association, for example, that's uh, Maccabi, um, a Jewish cup that... um, Qualified for the first time, and a lot of teams from the fourth and fifth level um, of German football, and because um, quest- and and we also have a um, a different system to see these um, uh, these um, games because um, because um, the the lo- lower team always has the home has always a home game. So it's um, an amateur team or a team from the uh, fourth or fifth level against a team from the second or first Bundesliga, for example. But Rafael, when you look at the fixture list, do you see some of the um, Bundesliga or second division teams already on
0: their way out from the... DFB-Pokal? Well, on paper, no. I mean, our friends from Gladbach, they're traveling to Bersenbrück. (laughs) Um, It doesn't uh, sound like a bogey team for them. (laughs) 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 Angstgegner. Uh, I mean, Schalke going to Braunschweig. Um, Just to clarify, second Bundesliga teams can play each other. But of course, Bundesliga teams can only play uh, teams below. So After that, it's an open draw with home advantage for third division sides and lower. If you ask me, Christoph, about a potential banana skin, (laughs) as it were, my eye is immediately drawn to a club that's very close to your heart, Valfel Bochum, and their trip to Armenia Bielefeld, because Armenia Bielefeld are now in the third division, but they really are a very historic Bundesliga or Bundesliga two sides. So I think going to the Alm, as it's called, could be a difficult trip for Bochum. What do you think? Yeah, that's true. Um, It's
1: also a kind of local derby, uh, although um, both teams are not too close to each other. But um, in the 11 years when um, Bochum was hiding in the second division, um, Bielefeld was the closest you could get in Bochum as a local derby. And so they had the a fierce rivalry between the two. It's a bit difficult for Bielefeld right now. As you said, they have been very surprisingly relegated one season from the Bundesliga and the next year from the second division. Now they are like uh, uh, vanished in a third league, starting with the defeat the new season last weekend at Dresden and they had to put together a complete new team uh, the only player left from the pass is the uh, most popular player in Bielefeld for ages fabian Klos, um the center forward so but you're right it's it's it could be a banana skin for uh, for for VfL Bochum also a very interesting one big name would, uh, was a bundesliga match uh, many years ago is rotweiss essen uh, playing hamburg uh, second division hamburg uh, rotweiss essen a big club from the ruhr area with a big tradition former german champion also have been hiding in the lower leagues for a long time they haven't been even to the fifth level of of uh, of german football um, a classic um, um, I think here is a chance for another um, uh, round of learning Fußball Deutsch.
0: Learning Fußball Deutsch with beer and honey.
1: Chaos Club. <laughs> <laughs> What's the equivalent of a
0: Chaos Club in English? I'd say a basket case. But uh, yeah, Chaos Club I think is self self uh, explanatory. Yeah.
1: Yeah so so um rot Essen so they are not a chaos club anymore but they have been for a long time. They went bust in the past and 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 returned and and so on. Um then I think probably a a very heated affair, very difficult move from the uh, security side of uh of things is Lok Leipzig uh, playing Eintracht Frankfurt. So it's you, you would think, well, where, where's the problem? But there is um, the fans of Lok Leipzig and local rival Chemie Leipzig, both uh, teams that have a long history in uh, GDR football in East German football, uh, is is uh, is sometimes really terrible in Leipzig. And Eintracht Frankfurt and um, fans and Chemie Leipzig's fans are big. Uh, Big friends and and so um, uh, there are a lot of security concerns around these teams, uh, but I think, uh, as I said, not so much uh, from the sporting side, uh, because uh, Lok Leipzig is playing in the Regionalliga Nord-Ost, so on the fourth level of German football, and um, Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah, uh, a top Bundesliga team. What else do we have? Um, what.
0: One interesting matchup to point out is FC Astoria Waldorf against Union Berlin. Not because it's necessarily your second favorite club in Union, but because Waldorf Astoria, no, because Astoria Waldorf <laughs> have an interesting history. Uh, American listeners might be familiar with the name. Um, they are named after a person from Waldorf who emigrated to the states in the 18th century, certain uh, John Jacob Astor whose descendants founded the Waldorf Astoria Hotels and later very graciously supported their hometown in Waldorf, which is in uh, Baden-Württemberg, sort of in the Stuttgart area, southwest of Germany. And that's why the club, founded in 1908, is named after him or after them. And uh, and
1: I think they are all also a bit supported by Dietmar Hopp, but I'm not, not, not sure about it because Dietmar Hopp, the... Um, the former owner of uh, uh, Hoffenheim and, and uh, the, the man who, who made the club great supports a lot of uh, local clubs in the area as well. And uh, so, but then I, I think maybe the most interesting atmosphere-wise, the most interesting game to watch is, um, is uh, between on Monday between Osnabrück and uh, erster FC Köln, Cologne, uh, playing at Bremer Brücke. Bremer Brücke is one of the one of, one of the um, great small stadiums in Germany. Uh, holds fifteen thousand, crammed into uh, the center of um, Osnabrück, just a fifteen minutes walk from the main station. Always a, a great atmosphere, and very often. Um, uh Osnabrück was able to uh stage sh- uh, some shock defeats for bigger teams traveling uh there so if you have a chance to watch that that could be interesting um and then we have two uh, uh two games in the first round of the um DFB Pokal that will played later uh, one is between Preußen Münster, who after four years now have been promoted back uh, to the Bundesliga. Preußen Münster, one of the founding members uh, of the Bundesliga in 1963. And they're playing Bayern. And um, newly promoted second division team, VfB Wiesbaden, um, would play um, RB Leipzig. They do this uh, at the end of September because we have the German Super Cup and that gives us the chance to talk about uh, Bayern and Leipzig. Uh, Rafael, how tired are you right now
0: um to talk about Harry Kane? No. Not that tired yet. Cuz I think we're we're heading towards a inflection point, I think people say. <laughs> we will I think soon stop about Stop talking about Harry Kane, at least as far as the transfer is concerned. This week is the unofficial deadline for this to happen. Uh, Bayern are running out of time. We'll try one more time. Uh, As we record, it's uh, Wednesday morning. I think by tomorrow, we will probably see one more attempt from Bayern to make this happen. Harry Kane has said that he wants to move before the new season starts in England which is at the weekend that doesn't leave a lot of time for Bayern Um, and financially it's going to be very difficult to pull this off I'm quite pessimistic but they're still talking and of course for Bayern he's been their number one target all summer if they can't pull this off then they'll have to scramble and I think Go for Randall Kolumwani of Frankfurt, who's the back option, because they desperately need a centre-forward. Um, you might say that in pre-season, they've looked very good without one. Matistel doing a good job. The wingers being quite dangerous. Uh, Jamal Muziala back to... or getting back to his best. But... I think last season has shown us the value of a big center forward and Bayern would really, really need one. But why are you
1: pessimistic? I mean, um, is is, uh, um, Tottenham Hotspur, is it easy for them to
0: wave goodbye to 100 million euros? No, it's not. And they're not in Europe. And of course, they can use the money to invest and build a new team with Ange Pastukoglu taking over. But at the same time, there is, of course, that maybe it's not a plan, but it's it's an ambition or an hope to say once Harry Kane stays in September, October, November, maybe the season's going well, then they sit down in December, and maybe he will decide to stay after all and not run down his contract. Uh, it's a huge risk. You can lose a lot of money. At the same time, you will have Harry Kane for one more season, um, of course, you and I would probably say we have to sell. But Daniel Levy might see things differently. And if he feels that he's not extracting maximum value from a possible transfer, then he might just say no. I mean, Bayern thought that they could get him for 80, 90 million euros. They didn't get close to an agreement. Now they'd have to pay more. It could be. That even 110 million euros or 120 million euros is not enough uh, at which point they'll have to take the money and drive it to frankfurt <laughs> a, a, a good position for eintracht frankfurt actually
1: but before we talk about that um what you, you're living in london i guess some of your friends are tottenham supporters what are they saying about it are, are they like uh, oh we 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 pray that he stays because he is one of our great talismanic uh players he is one of the best we ever had and and so on or are they frustrated because um uh, as you said Harry Kane has several times said that he would like to leave for 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 Bayern or at least it made the impression as if he had said it um so so uh, but, but what's the mood around this uh,
0: from from Tottenham fans? Well I think first of all you have to say that uh, Harry Kane has played it really well in terms of a PR strategy because unlike 2 years ago where he went on the record saying I want something different I want to change and everyone knew he was talking to Man City this time around he's been saying off the record I'd like to move but if it doesn't work out I'm happy to stay also. So he's not been pushing. He's not been saying, I need to leave. I need to get out of here. Um, And he's been quite passive. And I think Spurs fans find it easy to relate to that because they understand why he would want to play in the Champions League, why he wants wants to win trophies. But because he seems so relaxed about it and because he's Been letting it known that he likes the new coach and he can see himself also staying you don't get a lot of resentment towards him at the moment and in the end it's going to be similar to what might be in Danny Levy's mind once he stays maybe there's a chance to win him over maybe you know Spurs are really rejuvenated and are being transformed the way Arsenal have been transformed under Arteta and suddenly Kane realizes, oh, we can be competitive, and we can win, and then they stay. So uh, they're still, I think, quite hopeful that this will have a happy ending. And if it doesn't, I don't get the sense of of real anger or resentment towards him because I think they realize why a move to Bayern or let's say another club abroad would would hold uh, quite an appeal for him.
1: Bayern is very much under pressure with all of this. Um my my impression is that they didn't play their cards well um being so so open about uh, Kane being kind of their only option um and it feels a bit um if they can't sign him like a defeat and um, if they they would sign somebody else like Kolumuani they um yeah, it's it's it, it's it's not also a great um uh, 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 uh it's not also also a great striker that they're signing maybe maybe the one with a better future even um, but like yeah second choice. I think that's right. Yeah. And also and also um, as I said it's uh, the price tag for Kolumuani is um, probably much higher now than it would have been four weeks ago or six weeks ago.
0: I think you're right, Christoph, it it was a very risky, or is a very risky endeavor to talk to Danny Levy for the signing of Harry Kane, even though he's only got one year left and you think the logic of the situation would, would make it easy to do deal. I think that's what they initially thought. They thought, okay, Harry Kane has said yes to us, That's the most important, that's the most difficult thing to pull off. A player who's got one year left, there's always an agreement to be found. But it might be a little bit different in this case. And it certainly didn't help that Uli Hoeneß came out and made all these statements about Tottenham buckling or caving in. That wasn't smart. I'm not sure it had that much of an influence, but it certainly did not help. And if it doesn't work out, of course, then you also have to question Bayern's strategy of being very cautious and incremental in their bids. You know, they didn't say, OK, here's what we bid and maybe a little bit extra and that's the deal. They, they went very low initially, I think 80 million euros, which you can say that's not low at all for four players, got one year left. But I think it was not realistic. And it then took them three or four weeks to get to the point where they are now. So a lot of time has passed and now they're scrambling. And I think if they don't pull this off, then the new leadership of this club will be criticized for, for spending the whole summer targeting number one player, and not getting him. That's something that's embarrassing for, for a club like Bayern, who always like to think that they can get any player in the world. Maybe not, uh, Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, but, Mbappé but in the level below in their mind they're always in contention for these players and, and failing to pull this off would, would be seen as, as a failure for sure
1: um, it's, it, but the whole Kane uh, saga is only part of uh, one part of the and the by far the m- most important part of this transfer summer for Bayern also they haven't um, signed a right defender yet what they wanted Uh, Obviously, they don't get Kyle Walker from uh, Manchester City. Uh, They will play against Leipzig um, with Sven Ulreich in goal because uh, Manuel Neuer has got a a, a little operation, um, had a little operation going on. So before we see him back on the pitch, it will, will take a while. And Jan Sommer this week has left to... Um, to Inter, but let's start with the um, uh, with the right defender and Walker and um, another is this another defeat on the transfer market.
0: Yeah, you can see it like that. I mean, uh, Thomas Tuchel targeted him personally. I think this was very much the Thomas Tuchel idea. Under normal circumstances, Bayern, I'm not sure, would have pursued him quite as much. He's 33 years old. He's going to cost a lot of money in terms of wages. He would have cost some money in terms of transfer fee with one year left on his contract. But Thomas Tuchel really felt that uh, both on the pitch but also off it in terms of his character, his position in the dressing room, his attitude towards football, Walker would have been a really useful addition for this team. Somebody to mix things up a little bit. Um, And that's why they went for him. And I think inside the club, they're probably not that disappointed that it hasn't happened they feel as long as Benjamin Pavard is there uh, they have enough cover in that position with Masrawi and Stanisic behind them so it's not a problem position as such but of course Walker would have been if not an upgrade then certainly a, a very useful addition I'm not sure they will actually go for another right back which shows you that it's maybe not a a huge priority as a position. It was more about Walker himself. But the goalkeeping situation, now that's very complicated and problematic. Jan Sommer had a basically the opportunity to leave again on his own terms because he didn't want to be the number two behind Neuer or perhaps more accurately, he didn't want to be the number one on call until Neuer comes back because even though Neuer has had a setback in his recovery time, he will come back and at that point whoever is the number two goalkeeper at that moment or the number one goalkeeper for the time being will have to seize their position and give back the gloves to, to Mano Neuer. Jan Sommer didn't want to do that, he's gone to, to Inter Alexander Nübel, the number three keeper, also didn't want to do that. He's been loaned out again. And that leaves us with Jan Ulreich, not Jan, um, (laughs) Sven Sven Ulreich, who is a deputy uh, goalkeeper who's been there for a long time and who last had a, a lengthy run of games in 2018 when Neuer got injured before the World Cup on his shoulder. And actually didn't do so well, especially in the semi-final against Real Madrid, where Bayern had one of their best games in the last few years in the Bernabeu, but Ulreich made a terrible mistake. Also, Rafinha didn't look so so great in that game. And Bayern drew 2-2, having lost the first game 2-1. And Bayern are in exactly the same position they were when Neuer got injured. They're looking for somebody who will come in, who's better than Ulreich, but who's also not so good that they will refuse to go back on the bench when Neuer returns. And that's a very difficult market. You know, you want a big character. You want a goalkeeper who is ready for the challenge. But at the same time, he's supposed to say, "Ah, but when Noah comes, of course I go on the bench happily, yes." And Christoph, you know that goalkeepers don't tend to be characters like that.
1: Yeah, um, the the two names that have been discussed uh, uh, recently is Bono, the Moroccan goalkeeper, and uh, David De Gea. De Gea. Um, both of them, I would say. Uh, almost veteran goalkeepers so so maybe you, the idea behind it is uh, yes they are goalkeepers but they are old enough to, to approach it with some kind of semi retirement yes and I'm happy a- about it um, sitting on the bench behind Neuer I mean at least in theory um, but
0: I doubt if this theory is is really uh, working. I doubt it as well. I mean, in an ideal world, Bayern would now sign the long-term successor to Neuer and say to them, look, you've got a year, one and a half years left to be the understudy, to learn from Neuer, to understand the club, and then Neuer will retire and that's it. But Neuer is so powerful still that Bayern are not in a position to make this promise to anyone, which perhaps is their own fault because they should be in charge, not Manu Neuer, for all his fantastic performances and the great things he's achieved at Bayern. I think they've become slightly over-dependent on him in that respect. But these people who might be the long-term successors for Neuer, they're not around now in August. You might get them next year. So you still need a short-term solution now. And that short-term solution, again, has them scrambling. They tried David Raya from Brentford. Very good keeper. Excellent keeper. They tried to loan him Bayern because it was clear that if you sign him, then you have a problem. If he starts saying, I want to play and I'm better than Neuer and all these kind of things that you'd expect the goalkeeper to say. And the loan didn't work out because Brentford only have one year left with him had only one year left on his contract and said we can't we can't loan the guy out and then lose him for nothing he will we will only do it if he signs a new contract he didn't sign a new contract now they sold him to Arsenal yeah it's it's not good it's not good because for all the positivity that is coming out of Bayern in terms of what they're doing on the pitch because Tuchel, Tuchel has been very demanding and very hard on the players during preseason but actually on the pitch they look very refreshed and look a lot happier and look like a team that wants to play football again and everybody is happy on the ball and isn't hiding and kind of the strange insecurity that we saw towards the end of last season that seems to be gone for the moment that's great news but you're going into the season as it is now, with your two key positions not not being sorted, the goalkeeper and the center forward. And I'm sure that makes Tuchel, if not nervous, then at least slightly annoyed. fortunately injured uh,
1: at, uh, at Chelsea. Uh, Konrad Leinmer on a free transfer to Bayern and Dominic Szoboszlai uh, went to Liverpool. We talked about it and they, there are a lot of new names coming in. I mean, they have uh, they have uh, this um, highly talented um, uh, Belgian forward, Lois Openda, coming in from Lens. Um, they have... Uh, Nicolas Seywald, um, that you mentioned very often as a big, big talent coming on from, um, surprisingly, from RB Salzburg. Mm. I'm always surprised how they managed to pull these transfers off. But um, okay, they and also coming from Salzburg, a very talented other center forward, Benjamin Sesko. Fabio Cavallo on loan from uh, from Liverpool and uh, Christoph Baumgartner coming in from Hoffenheim so a, a very interesting a very interesting to see um how they uh, I mean it's 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 a kind of almost a kind of new teams uh, as still a lot of the core players from from last season in the team a lot of veterans also like the uh, eternal um Josef Pausen also in the uh, still in the squad or Emil Forsberg who are there for ages but but it 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 uh, it will be very very interesting to see uh, if this new team with so Im- players that were so important for for the old one uh can can be a real contender uh, uh, this season
0: yeah i agree with you Christoph. i mean it's huge changes in this team uh, almost a, a spine gone, if you will. Um, if you think of Soboslay and Guardiol and and Connie Leimer, especially. And the And M- also left, sorry. And Kunku But at the same time, some really exciting young players coming in. And you mentioned quite a few of them. Also Christoph Baumgarten has been uh, playing really well for the uh, Austrian team recently. Uh, a couple of young kids from PSG. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting team. Really interesting team. And the game against Bayern will give us a good indication just how quickly Marco Rosa will find a way of, of putting them all together. It might take a bit of time because if you suddenly have three or four of your starting 11 gone, it's not going to be so straightforward, I think, especially for young players to, to make the move up. But Seiwald, in particular, I think could be one of the stars of this uh, Bundesliga campaign, just love the way he plays. Should be should be a great game on Saturday night. Really great game. Yeah, next week uh, we will talk about um,
1: a bit of the about the German Cup and the Super Cup. But mainly, uh, we would like to ask our listeners um, for the for your questions. Um, what do you want to know from us? Uh, what shall we talk about um, before the start of the season? Uh, season starts off um, Friday in the week Um, Werder Bremen playing Bayern and then the other eight games on on Saturday on on Sunday and um, yeah and we'd be happy if you send us your questions uh, via uh, Steady HQ or via uh, social media on Twitter for example. Is it still Twitter? I I still call it Twitter. So yeah yeah Mailback it will be uh, on next week and um, and then probably we can c- close the uh, chapter Harry Kane or reopen it as a Bayern player.
0: Either way, it's going to be exciting. Right, that sums up our Super Cup and DFB Pokal Car previous show with a bit of buy-in transfer market problems thrown in for good measure. Thank you very much for listening. I'd just like to remind you that uh, we are still very much dependent on your support. With the new season approaching quickly, we need still a few more subscribers. Please become a member of the Beer and Honey Supporters Club. Become an ultra. And don't worry, if for whatever reason, which I'm sure won't happen... We cannot continue all the way to the end of the season. If you have taken out a season ticket, you get your money back on a prorata basis. So you're not going to just throw money at us and then we'll disappear. You will only pay for what you will actually able to listen to later on. So please support us if you can. Uh, A lot of you have already supported us. We've had some amazing um, support behind the scenes from one or two hardcore listeners thank you very much for that again and if you can put the word out uh, we'd be very appreciative of that um all right we'll speak again next week i was rafael honigstein i was christoph biermann and we say bye-bye bye-bye
1: beer and honey the german football podcast